This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, January 7th, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. The incoming leftist president of Chile is another sign in a decade-long slide away from free markets there. Cato's Ian Vasquez describes how Chile got here and offers some hope for reversing the trend. The election of uh, Gabriel Boric is part of a wave of, of leftism that has come back to Latin America in the last several years, but it is especially worrisome in the case of Chile. After all, Chile was, uh, without any question, the most uh, successful uh, country in the region, and it's really one of the great development success stories of all times by, by any measure. And yet, uh, Chile decided after several decades of success to elect not just a leftist uh, president, but a far leftist president, somebody who has been allied with the communist uh, party, which which will now be part of the government that he forms, somebody who has for uh, many years praised the the far left regimes in Latin America from Venezuela to, to Cuba. And when he uh, gave his, his uh, acceptance speech, he vowed, as he did throughout his campaign and throughout his entire political career, to bury the neoliberal model of Chile, that is, the, the free market policies that has, have led to that uh, success. And when you look at, at Chile, you see that by virtually any measure, it far surpasses most developing countries. After all, since the 1970s, when these far-reaching uh, reforms began, um, Chile has quadrupled its income per capita. Its, uh, its measures of human development or indicators of well-being far uh, surpass almost any other Latin American countries, usually listed at the top. It's at the top of the human development index by the United Nations. It is the country with the greatest personal freedoms in Latin America. It's one of the freest countries uh, in the world. And um, just looking at infant mortality rates and so on, uh, access to, to, to safe water, virtually any indicator, it far surpasses uh, Latin America. It became, during this period of time, a middle-class country. Didn't used to be. Latin America is characterized as being highly unequal. But during this time, Chile became a much more equal country uh, in those terms. And that's important because inequality in Latin America usually uh, and overwhelmingly is the result of uh, government restrictions on people's uh, freedoms and favoritisms that keep the elite in power. Chile implemented policies that started to do away with that. And so uh, among Latin American countries, it's the country that by far has the most social mobility. And according to the OECD, by many indicators, it is more socially mobile than um, most uh, uh, European and advanced uh, democracies. One researcher in in Chile, Professor Sapelli, has found that uh, Chile is actually more socially mobile than than a number of countries like France and Germany and the United, the United States. So what we've seen during this time is a tremendous uh, success. Also, uh, um, democracy was consolidated. And this all began, of course, uh, after the, the 
Pinochet coup in 1973, and then in 1975, uh, free market reforms began, far-reaching free market reforms by uh, the so-called Chicago boys, who whose goal was not just to implement uh, a free market uh, in a very coherent and well-thought-out way, but to create a free society, uh, a set of policies that led to political liberty as well as civil and personal liberties. And that was achieved by, by 1990 uh, when there was a transition to uh, democracy. After that transition, for most of that time period, you had uh, center-left governments in charge. And they uh, not only upheld the free market model, they deepened it by establishing free trade uh, treaties with countries all around the world and deepening reforms in a lot of different ways. And so uh, that's that's the basis of uh, Chile's success. And then in 2010, the first center-right president was elected. His name was Sebastián Piñera. And uh, when he came uh, to power, uh, he, 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 there, there began to be a shift in Chile to the left. He began to rule and govern in a way that was further to the left in, in many respects than the center-left uh, governments that preceded him by increasing taxes, increasing spending, and, and, and so on. In a sense, he was competing also with the left on their own rhetoric. And when that happens, uh, uh, you're going to lose. And the left started going further to the left and, and <laughs> accusing him of being uh, extreme free marketeer, which he never was. And he never really defended the uh, free market principles or the principles of the free society in a, in a way that um, uh, was coherent and, and consistent with the reforms that actually made uh, Chile successful. And instead, um, he started competing with the left. During this entire period of time, the left uh, basically took hold of the narrative in Chile. And that was uh, a big part of, of the problem, uh, which is to say that the entire time uh, they were trying, they were suggesting that, uh, not just suggesting, but outright stating that the system was unfair, that it was creating greater inequality, that it was only benefiting the elites at the expense of the rest of society, that it's the same people who always got rich. Uh, all of these things that factually were just plainly incorrect. And so in a sense, the first center-right president, Sebastián Piñera, for those four years in office from 2010 to 2014, were was shifting the country uh, to the left because he was not not only not defending uh, these principles, but he was uh, playing with these ideas uh, of the left. And so the President Bachelet came to power. She was a, a leftist president, and she started saying that we have to undo this uh, free market system. When she began uh, implementing some of these reforms, growth started to go down. And uh, Chile, for the first time, began experiencing stagnation, basically uh, low, very low growth. After decades of having experienced uh, high growth and a lot of uh, progress, but the narrative of the left still predominated in the academies, the universities, the, uh, the media, um, uh, the cultural spaces, the arts, and a good part of the population 
believed that rhetoric. It was at this time too that this that the left, the the political left in Chile, uh, which had always been moderate and and very sensible and had uh, governed in that way, began to radicalize and shift f- to the far left. So you had at least half of that left that, that began to become extremist. And that had also an effect on the moderate left, which sort of silenced them. Uh, so there was this predominant narrative in Chile and uh, uh, more extremism uh, on the left. And that's, the, and that's the, uh, the, the rhetoric and the narrative that basically took over Chilean uh, politics uh, during that, that period of time. But because there was such low growth and people were began to be dissatisfied with what the socialist president uh, Bachelet uh, was doing, during the next elections, they re- again elected Sebastián Piñera, who is president now, on the, on the campaign platform that he would uh, strengthen free market reforms and, uh, and reject the kinds of policies that uh, Michel Bachelet had put in. And that was several years ago. He was elected, but he didn't actually do anything to that effect. Growth was still low. And it was at that point, um, 2019, in the, the fall of 2019, that, um, that uh, massive protests erupted and you saw a lot of social uh, discontent, uh, much of which was actually stimulated by the by the far left, but people had legitimate uh, grievances. Unfortunately, by the by this point, uh, the far left had already t- taken over uh, the political narrative and dominated it. And so the call was uh, to have a new constitution to overturn what they called uh, thirty years of failure and so on. And President uh, Pineda. I think uh, once again failed in the task of defending the the ideas of uh, that made Chile uh, uh, such a success story, and instead gave in to uh, a lot of what the left's agenda was, including rewriting a whole new uh, constitution. So that's where it leaves us uh, today in Chile, which is a country that has just elected a far left uh, president. And that is going through a constitutional assembly dominated by the far left, in which the center right uh, has a minority voice, not even uh, uh, enough of a representation to veto uh, bad ideas. And that will be put up uh, to a vote in a plebiscite uh, later this year. It, it looks to me that Chile is headed uh, in the direction at best toward a, uh, an, an average Latin American uh, country, at worst, uh, toward a real failed uh, Latin American uh, country like, say, Argentina. What are you looking for in terms of measures of human well-being in Chile that have performed so well uh, since the, the 1970s and 1980s, and then sort of have, have fallen off in recent years. What are you looking, what measures of human well-being are you looking to see change uh, as this government takes root? I think that uh, if, <laughs> if socialist policies elsewhere in the region are any guide, we're going to see uh, growth 
decelerate. We're going to see poverty increase. We're going to see inflation go up. We're going to see all sorts of social spending uh, go up or what they call social spending. The government is going to be involved in uh, a lot, uh, uh, huge portions of people's lives, not just uh, through economic interventions, but all sorts of other types of uh, interventions. And uh, that's the that's the the record of these uh, leftist governments in in power. Uh, one of the great successes of the Chilean um, reforms with the was a private pension system, which the left has always characterized as unfair, not working, uh, and benefiting only the rich. Uh, none of which is is true. Um, so he has, uh, this uh, president-elect has vowed to undo it, to get rid of it, and to reinstitute the pay-as-you-go system uh, that much of the rest of Latin America has, and that Latin, all of Latin America, including Chile, used to have, which was a failure and continues to be a failure. So that's uh, going to, of course, ruin the capital markets in Chile, and so we'll see less uh, investment and so on. But I think that... Uh, what uh, what really matters here, and, and this is a, a lesson for the United States, is the, the big picture, that you can have um, undisputed success. You can have tremendous progress that surpasses, uh, by far, uh, other uh, experiences of countries that uh, have followed other policies and institutions and still have a population vote against those if it believes that somehow that system is unfair, illegitimate, or um, is creating uh, inequality that uh, is unacceptable, even if the facts say otherwise. And so uh, we might ask ourselves, why did this happen in, in Chile? And and as I say, part of the story is the ideological story uh, that that took hold in, in politics. The other part of the story is, I think, simply that Chile's a, uh, a rapidly changing and progressing country over the past several decades. And during the past many, several years, that growth slowed down, uh, partly because of these new ideas that started to take hold and create uncertainty. And so there was a sense of unfulfilled expectations. And uh, I think also in countries that um, have so much progress, there is sort of the, the Tocqueville effect, that idea that um, things that w were common before, like widespread poverty or abuses or uh, uh, that kind of thing, child labor, that when a country becomes uh, more prosperous and more successful, those things become less um, common and they become so uncommon that they stand out and people start viewing those things as unacceptable. And so there is a sense that how can we be living in a country with these terrible things going on? Well, in fact, it's a sign of progress. Every country that has uh, progressed has gone through that. And so part of it is the de Tocqueville effect. Part of it is unfulfilled expectations. A big part of it is ideological messaging. And I would not want to conclude from all of this that this is the end of the story um, for Chile, or that this means that all Chileans agree that there is this socialist path to, to go down. Because as a matter of fact, 
in these elections, the other candidate was a free market uh, right wing candidate. Some called him uh, far right, but he he wasn't extremist in the way that this president elect is extremist. He was a conservative. Um, but he was the kind of conservative that would respect the Constitution, that would respect the laws, that would uh, respect the institutions uh, of Chile. And he was also one who outwardly um, was in favor of the free market reforms that made Chile um, successful. And there hasn't been a politician at that level in Chile for many years that has actually come out and defended those ideas. Um, and yet he got 46% of the vote. And it is also true that the current president, Piñera, was elected only a few years ago on that kind of platform. So Chile is not a simple story of all Chileans decided that these policies that were implemented in Chile were we're legitimate and they have to be reversed and we have to go down this path. It's, it's just, it's a story of a good chunk of the population bought into that and it has severely affected politics. Once that, uh, once the left comes into power, it's going to be much more difficult to fight. I think this is a story of how freedom always has to be defended, but it also has to be defended from the moral point of view. And I think that that part uh, is what has been lacking in Chile over several decades, with the exception of a few individuals in Chile. Ian Vasquez runs the Cato Institute Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity. And now a thank you to a Cato sponsor. Julie and Gary Applebaum, thank you for your support of the Cato Daily Podcast and the broad mission of the Cato Institute. It's heartening to know that there are people like you out there willing to invest in the future of freedom. Thank you. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast on your podcast platform of choice and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>